Hello, and welcome to the On an Adventure podcast, the show where I interview magic players across the community to learn how magic has impacted their lives. Today, I'm interviewing Ken Bauman. Ken is an actor, writer, and hosts of the YouTube channel Stacked EDH. In the CDH community, he is most well known for developing the Quirk and Sakashima deck. I hope you all enjoy. All right, Ken, it's been a long time. How's you doing? Good. Today was nice. I spent almost the entirety of the day just reading a good book, and that that was excellent. Oh, yeah? What, what book are you reading? I'm reading um, the first part of the new Cormac McCarthy book, which is kind of split into two. So this one's called The Passenger, and I'm tearing through it. I was, like, up till 1.30 last night reading it, and <sighs> um, it's just got me, you know? And yeah. it feels great to read a novel that just grabs you. Right. It's been, it's been a long time since I've had that feeling, but... I remember that in school, you just read a good book and you're just up all night. It's amazing. Yeah. What's, what's the book about? You really disappear. Um, it is about, uh, a brother and sister. Um, one of the brothers, like a kind of a brilliant physicist, the sister's a brilliant mathematician and their lives diverge and they're sort of in love with one another and then the then one of them is hunted by the feds and it's all very messy <laughs> so far but but more or less it just feels like two very smart people searching for meaning and grieving grieving their their situations a little bit mm. um but it's 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 good and then the second book is told from the sister's perspective this is told mostly from the brother's perspective oh, so that's... i'm excited to get into the second one that's awesome um yeah yeah so i brought you here today because i have been you're following some of your content for a while like i've been following stack dh and your your cdh content in general uh how did you get started playing magic um i started in good old 1994 when i was five years old um my older brother played the game and i you know tried to do everything he did because he was cool (laughs) and so we played together and he gave me some cards and then of course i started kind of you know begging my parents to buy me some cards and started collecting as as a little kid right Right. and then um i played i played for i want to say five-ish years and then and then pokemon kind of took over that part of my brain and i put magic down and then i picked it up again Oh, God. Um, this is maybe in like 2010 or 11, just for like a couple months with a friend of mine. And we played for a while and it started to eat my brain again. And then I, I set it down because I think he lost interest. And I was like, OK, well, you know, I don't have anybody else to play with. So and yeah. then finally, the time it stuck was I was teaching and and pretty deeply unhappy, mental illness really unchecked, not treated very well. I wasn't doing very well at all, but magic found me by way of another teacher who, you know, we worked together in the same school, a guy named Daniel Yasis. And um, and he was so into it, and his enthusiasm was really exciting to me. And then I started just kind of paying attention. He introduced me to Commander. I'd never heard of it. And I started playing, and I think really it was one of the big things that kept me going, like just literally kept me alive while I was yeah. with a pretty bad depressive episode. And um, and then afterwards, you know, since I got healthier and addressed the mental illness seriously, magic has just sort of stuck with me and has become a way for me to feel like I'm part of a cool community that I got to learn and, you know, that I'm that I'm trying to help 
and right. build something with. And that's been a blast. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I definitely relate to the playing magic to as you're only out for your mental struggles. Because I, I definitely can relate to that. Yeah. Um, and then just finding that I, community. Yeah. The best, best part of magic is the gathering, as we all say. <laughs> Exactly. And it's so true. I mean, it's so funny. It's like it, it, it has become a little truism for us, but it really is true. I mean, we play these games to like be around other people and for various reasons, these games, or at least speaking from my own perspective, the game is a, a way in which I feel really comfortable mm-hmm. interacting with other people. And, and I, I feel sort of more at home in my weirdness. Right. Um, and I'm really, I'm really thankful that games in general are there for that, but particularly Magic, which attracts all sorts of weirdos, and they're all beautiful and lovely, you know? Yeah. Uh, what, was, what was the first Commander deck? Do you remember the first Commander deck you played? Oh, of course. Yeah, so I, um, I at first I borrowed some friends' decks. I played the um, Arabo, the cat pre-con that was modified a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Then I bought the um, the the pre-con set with Kalia, um, Derevi, and one or two others. I forget who oh, filled yeah, out the, the set. Oh, yeah, the Commander um, Anthology you one? You can tell. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Marin and one other. But like Atraxa, I, I bought that maybe? set. But yeah. in between, that I think so, something like that. Yeah. In between, I... Um, built my first deck and I thought okay you know I had found uh, the wizards gatherer search and I was like cool I'll just start looking up stuff and googling basically and finding cards that I like I didn't I didn't really know about EDH rack I didn't know about any of the existing resources and I was like you know what I want to start by building a cheap deck so you know what in simple so I'll just pick colorless uh, LOL, right? So, um, and it, now simple it was, you know, my options were quite limited, but, um, and I love Eldrazi. I, I, I never, I wasn't around for Eldrazi winter or anything. So yeah. I just, I just love their character design and the flavor text and the, the, the abstractness of it all. And yeah. so I love Eldrazi. So it's like, oh, Kozlek is cool. And I want to draw cards, play, you know, play a little control, have a big preacher. Um, and then probably within the span of four or five months, you know, I I just juiced it up and made yeah. it as fast as possible because I'm pretty spiky. Um, and and then from there I branched out. But it was Kozluck, mm-hmm. my 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 first love, you know. Um, that's, and that's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a blast. I love I loved that deck and had it for a good long while. Yeah, you have you always been like a very spiky individual. Like, was did you have like a big sibling rivalry with your brother? Or? Um, y- yes, yes. I mean, you know, we were always pretty lighthearted about it, but I've always been a very competitive person, um, and you know, I've always been attracted to fields in which, you know, I feel like okay, I can I can sense that if I push hard enough on this within the span of a few years, I can get good at it. And I've done that multiple times in mul- multiple different domains. And I, I really, I like the struggle and the frustration of getting better and feeling like I'm bad at something and needing to improve. Um, and, and yeah, you know, I play, when I played Pokemon as a kid, I collected primarily, but I played and I, you know, I would like 
I was religious about going to the tournaments at the local <laughs> Toys R Us and trying to, you know, trying to beat up on the other kids as well as the adults. And, um, yeah, I just, I always have felt like competitively, I've, I've got something that I want to demonstrate, right? Something to prove, something to show. Um, and who knows about the general health of that kind of trait, but, um, but it's gotten me into some fun trouble. So right. can't be too I bad. Mean, I'm sure that competition's healthy when, you know, in your acting career, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I kept, yeah. You really need that to stick it out. Cause you just hear no so much that uh, just like any artist in any big field, right. You gotta, you gotta have something driving you because the world's going to say no over and over and over and over and over again. And, and so that you got to have some kind of abiding passion or drive or something to stick in it. How, how did you get started to acting by the way? I, I started just doing little like school plays, you know, just like that kind of tiny town school play thing and liked it. And then, um, had, I, I read the Sunday comics I loved mm-hmm. comics. I loved drawing. I thought I was going to be a comic book artist for a while. As a kid, I, I just loved to draw. And um, and so I read the comics, and there's an advertisement on the backside of the comics page for, um, like, a local theater mm-hmm. holding auditions for a play. Um, and I was like, oh. So I showed it to my mom, and I was like – can I go, you know, and my mom and dad were totally fine with it. So I started doing a lot of local theater in both community and repertory theaters in Abilene, Texas. And, um, I just fell in love, you know, I really, I was like treated like an adult and that was so intoxicating to me as like a little, you know, 11, 12 year old. And, you know, and, and I was treated like an adult and people around me were not, they, they really did kind of think of me as a peer. It seemed to me that they did. And that means they didn't hold back. You know, they expressed who they were and it was also an environment, which was so different from what I experienced day to day in school. You know, school was like large white Christian boys playing football and I did not grow up religious and the theater, the th- everybody in the theater were like, they were strange and, and all shades and uh, all, you know, all along the LGBTQIA spectrum. And like, that was something that was new to me. I was pretty naive to that. And then I was like, Oh my God, this feels like real life. This isn't this monoculture. Like to me, I was like, Oh, this is actually where life happens is among all sorts of people who are different from one another, not everybody in the same stamp or whatever. And so re and some of those people became such good and close friends and really, again, kind of showed me what it's like to, mm-hmm. to, to be different and navigate the world feeling like, okay, uh, you know, I'm, I'm different. I'm vulnerable in certain ways. I'm strong in other ways. And I just learned so much from them. So that really hooked me. And then I just started doing it as much as I could. And that got me in Dallas working frequently in commercials and stuff. And then New York and then finally LA. And then we moved out there cause I was working often enough to make it work. But um, yeah, it was really theater and it was, it was all the LGBTQIA friends who like they, they opened up the world for me. That's, that's awesome. I'm sure. Yeah, it's good. That's definitely something that I have not, not experienced or something I don't think many, many LGBTQ folks would, would relate to is being able to open that up to 
you know, to like cis, cis hetero people is being yeah. able to that experience is, is very valuable and something I think we it, all strive for. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. And I, and I felt, again, I was treated so generously and also it really, I would say that my experience in theater with that group so profoundly changed the course of my whole family's life because not only did it kind of send me on this little acting adventure, but it also really influenced my, 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 like my parents, my dad's politics were kind of shitty, right? He was like, he was like a, just a, a white kid from the Midwest working class, you know, not, not great around, uh, marginalized folks. And, um, but when it was like, okay, Hey, my friend Gabby is coming over and, um, she's trans dad. And like, this, this is what this means. And you're going to meet her and you're going to love her. Like I know it. (laughs) And sure enough, he did. (laughs) And he was like, Oh my God. Like, she's like, I feel like she's a daughter and he just, the prejudice just melted away. Yeah. And it was really, it was really incredible to see. And like, so I think that that all, that really changed, it changed the texture, everything just, Mm -hmm. just, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so grateful for that experience, and it was really uh, an amazing period of my life. And acting stuff just feels sort of like an extension of like, oh, cool, I got my eyes got opened, and then I got to go do some fun, frivolous acting stuff for a little while. You yeah. know, after that, I I definitely love that part. That's probably one of my favorite parts about magic, the magic community, is how diverse it is, and getting able to see and experience that yeah. from just all sorts of people, and also just remind me of my time in theater. Um, yeah, 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 yep. But like going back to how'd you get into CD specifically? Because you uh, have a website, you host the YouTube channel Stack DDH, and then also have the CDH Guide website. Um, how did you start learning about CDH? Yeah. Well, um, I would say that I sort of moved towards CDH deck construction on my own because again, I'm spiky. When I lose games, I don't metabolize that so well. I want to improve. I want to lose less. I want to win more. I want to make something better, you know, Mm -hmm. just improve something over and over and over again. And so I started building lots of decks. You know, I had, I was playing in a very enfranchised group here in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, folks with a ton of decks and a lot who'd been playing forever. And so I wanted to like do the 32 deck challenge, have, you know, deck for every color combination. And, and so I started working towards it, you know, and I, I eventually I got up to 30 and then kind of was like, ah, that's enough. Um, but I found myself enjoying the most the decks that had a really high ceiling. And those were like my, my kind of proto CDH or proximate CDH experiences were Silvala. Mm-hmm. That was the closest I got. I think I basically built Bro Storm minus some of the efficient creatures and minus some of the interaction and draw, but like it was basically Bro Storm. Um, and I built Nabon Mono Blue Wizards for a while, like ETB Wizard stuff. And then I went to a GP, played in a tournament, got mm-hmm. smoked. <laughs> and that same day went to the vendors and was like looking at the blue cards and was like brawl that's good 
that's my new commander and I'm buying the force of will. I'm buying the pact engagement. I'm buying the flusters. Like, I just was like, okay, I understand what this needs to be now, you know, like, um, and paradox engine was still legal. Bless up. And, um, I miss it. I miss it every day of my life. And, uh, Florida is a CDH. Uh, paradox engine. I, I so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, and yeah, and so then then when I came back, I kind of had a sense of like, okay, tournament, I see what tournament commander can look like, and um, I feel like I can build that way. And then I didn't really even know what CDH was for a long time. It was really like when starting Stack TDH, it was around the same time that's maybe about a year prior that I was like, oh, CDH is a thing. There are these deck lists. There's like a database. And so I started playing Urza. We uh, uh, all became Urza. Yeah. Um, and I built, um, and then I built Najila and played Najila for a long time, about a year, like all the time and felt like, okay, cool. I've seen, I'm beginning to sense what this is and I really like it. And then when I realized that the community was small and you could get to know people and it was growing and it was messy, I was like, perfect. I want to like, I want to contribute to this little DIY scene and make it better and and more accessible and try to, you know, formalize some stuff, centralize some resources and just do what I can. Um, yeah. And then the cart came along and I fell in love and then I was like, okay, now I'm really plugged in. <laughs> yeah. So I think definitely for the both people in the CSG community are just the current guy. Like, it's very true. I mean, you know, not many freaks have thumb tattoos for their magic. They're, they're some of their favorite magic cards. So uh, here we are. Here we are. Um, but that, but that, I mean, the experience of just brewing a deck, I was always a kid. I, that's, I, I was always competitive, but brewing was always the most exciting thing to me. Mm -hmm. It's just like putting two cards together and being like, do these work? Like what? And just trying weird stuff, trying to build things that were surprising both to myself and to other people. I'd read the dojo, which was like a very, very early magic, like the earliest magic website, yeah. basically. And I just read that every day after school. I'd, I'd watch Toonami and then fire up my, my dial up internet and open up Windows 95 and go to Internet Explorer and load the dojo and read it for read all the new articles and stuff. And then I'd go into my room and if I wanted to mess around with magic, I'd just pull out all my cards and be like, all right, what combos can I find? What what weird interactions? What what can I build a deck that works? And I think that's always been where I enjoy things the most. And so then then Crocker was like, oh, cool, I can I can contribute majorly to this thing and I can build a community of people who want to work on it with me. And then well, let's just push it. Let's go as far as we can with this silly thing. And um, yeah, and then I got the bug, you know, I, I really enjoyed playing and it felt like something that was meaningful to me and that I was connected to in a, in a real way. And um, yeah, and then I was like, okay, cool. I want to be, I want to play tournaments. I want to just do all the stuff that there is to be done, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's that's awesome. I I never personally got the brewing phase in Magic, but I always appreciate those and seeing like seeing those people who are just like have these like crazy combos. Where it's like, what if you like play like these two guys? It's always you know so much fun to to watch that excitement from other people, even if I don't like have yeah. that myself. And you have, of, like, I mean, what? Oh, no, like, go for it. Go for it. I was just, I was going to, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's part of like magic. Like I'm an optimizer. Like I like, you know, like yep. my favorite conversation is what's better, dispel or miscast is my favorite like conversation in magic. It's yeah. Stuff like that rather than, yeah, here's a new commander. How do I break it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, I mean, that the very nice thing about magic in general, but CDH in particular, in my mind, is that this the community really there's a place for everybody. You know, we mm-hmm. need brewers, we need optimizers, and we need those groups insofar as they exist as groups, like constantly in communication with one another because it's that's the only way that you get actual tangible improvement is like you just have all the heads and you have those like hour long conversations about like, okay, dispel or miscast. What are we doing? And I, I just love a game that is so deep that it can support all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, my, probably my favorite like quote about magic is it's not a game. It's, it's a rule set. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feel and it feels it feels as, I mean, yeah, it feels about as broad as a game can be. It feels like really kind of possibilities are endless, and um, I don't know. I haven't found a more compelling multiplayer game, just in any circum context or circumstance, video games, social games, whatever. I just to me, I'm like, cool. The learning curve is infinite. It's like parabolic or whatever. Never, you can never stop. Um, and that is exactly what I want out of a hobby. You know, I just want something that can just take all my energy if I want to give it. Yeah. Uh, you just, you'll never hit your ceiling. Magic. Like you just, you can always learn. Yeah. You can always get better. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's good. The illusion of infinite progress, you know, like I'm yeah. all for it. <laughs> <laughs> What are some of your favorite life lessons that you've learned from magic? Mm, um, that's a good question. I mean, I've learned a lot about myself, uh, <laughs> and that's sort of the primary text at hand, right? Is like I got to wake up with myself every day first and foremost, and um, I've learned a lot about my habits, good and bad, you know, yeah. and my my compulsions. Um, I've I have. <laughs> I continue to learn, and I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm good at it yet, but I can, I'm continuing to learn how to enjoy a game in all its aspects, not just winning, not just improving, not just the good circumstances, but really enjoy when things go wrong, when you mess up, when you um, fail, when you forget. And I'm trying to enjoy the possibility presented by by all those quote unquote negatives, right? The, the, not the glamorous stuff. Um, and that's, that's, I feel like that's probably the biggest like adult ish lesson, you know, it's just like how to see goodness and beauty and failure and like, and to, and to respect it and know what it can be for. Um, and I think that that's, that's a lesson that I don't really foresee me not learning and for the rest of my life, it's the tough one. Um, and I also, I, you know, I, I feel like I have learned a lot about, um, community and and how to build it. What, what makes it worse? What kind of tears it apart? What shores it up and makes it better? Um, and probably most tangibly, I've just, I've just met and got to know a lot of really great people and like individuals and, um, that's 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 the true magic. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. It's just the person. 
across from you. They're the magic. The game is just the means to get to the person, um, right. you know, and, and have the person's brain and your brain be pointed in the same direction so that you kind of lose everything else and just go to this communal space together. Kind of like reading a book, you know? Um, and yeah, so just lots of great people. That's the main thing. Like all, most of my friends, my closest friends here in t- town are the folks I play magic with twice a week, you know? Um, and that's great. I'm grateful for it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think magic definitely does teach you how to lose a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to learn. It's so hard. It's so it's hard. So hard. Singleton, my God! Like singleton and losing to me is such a crazy combination for like somebody who wants to optimize. Because oh my God, every loss invites total crises of confidence and faith in my experience. Like every time I lose a game, I'm just like, well. Back to the drawing board. It's time to start <laughs> over. This isn't working, you know. Um, and yet the variance is so high. And so it's, it's a really cool, I don't know. I think actually losing a lot is probably one of the best aspects of Commander. Like the crazy variance is one of the most exciting things about it because it really it invites a kind of experimentation, constant experimentation and constant humility, you know, yeah. to just be like, I don't know what it like, okay, I can only learn so much then. And there are limits to what I can and can't do. You know, I can only do so much with a hundred cards and my own person. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I love it. It's, it's so exciting. Yeah. Even like compared to one V one, whereas one, one, you have a lot more control, especially like one, one, like 60 card, for you know, for us, you have a lot more control yeah. over that. Even like in Commander, like you just get you, you just lose the game because someone is like, "Hey, you need to go Clark," and you're like, "Wait, no, 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 don't, don't kill yeah. Commander." Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's like you know, and and the my biggest lesson the last year getting into tournament CDH is is how to take that initial reaction right of being like how do i make this never happen again kirk will never die you know whatever (laughs) how do i take that initial reaction and make it healthy and metabolize it in a way that is practical and be like okay okay is this actually a pattern and if it is a pattern what can i do about it realistically you know in a way where i'm not compromising a deck structure and i'm not compromising a play style or whatever but like what can i actually do and let me think practically about this and set some goals for tangible experiments and just that how scientific it can be in terms of theorizing, trying something, seeing the results and going back to the beginning and starting over again. Like that, I just love that process so much. It's so fun to just like constantly study something and change it a little bit, study it again and change it a little bit. I just, yeah, it really scratches an itch for me. Especially because there's just infinite solutions to that problem. Like, just with like, hey, like, Kirk, like, people are starting at Kirk a lot. Okay, well, there's like, you could like add more counter spells to protect him, or you could just like work on like your table talk skills and like trying to divert attention away yeah. so you don't have to, you don't have to play other cards to, to, to get their rule out or, you know, just yeah. like, yeah. Whole, like, there's infinite answers. The game, like, it's why I love commander is just there's just infinite cards there's something that you want to do with with almost anything yeah yeah that's very well said yeah i agree um so 
I also wanted to ask you like like your writing career because how did yeah. how did you get into writing? Well, I would say that from the time I was a kid, I started writing just little stories and stuff and mm-hmm. making little books because I loved the book as an object ever since I was a kid, just fetishized it. Like, this is the perfect thing. I just want more of these in my life, you know? And um, so I started making little books and that was, again, the same period in which I thought I'd, I'd be an artist of some kind, like a like a, a comic book artist or an illustrator or painter or something. And so making books was really pleasing. And then I just... I think I, I got like a laptop, like a, a hand-me-down from my brother, this giant Toshiba that weighed probably 20 pounds <laughs> and like could melt steel from the battery getting hot. But I got this Toshiba laptop and I was like, damn, this is cool. And I like got a word processor and I was like, whoa, this is sick. I could just like write and save things on floppy disks. And this is like the coolest shit ever. Um, and so I started typing Right. Like just the physical act of typing. And I got to get good at that through games that we've learned in school, you know, because there's like a computer class. And um, so I was typing, typing, typing and love that, love that act. And then, OK, I was like, cool, imagination, typing. I want to do that. And I wound up kind of the first quote unquote serious thing I wrote was I was trying to like imitate fantasy novels that I was reading at the time. And like I wrote, I think it was something like maybe 30. 30, 40,000 words, right? In chicken scratch. Like it was like kids, little kids writing, but it was a lot of it. And I was like, oh damn, I could maybe do this. And then I just kept it up. I just kept writing stories and, and manuscripts that never saw a light of day, but you know, I tried to make actual books. And then when I was about 16, I got kind of looped into this literary scene in Los Angeles and New York and met some good people and started reading their writing online. And then I started publishing my writing online because, again, I wanted to imitate and be like, ooh, they're cool. I want to do what they're doing. Um, and and then I just got to know them. You know, I, we, like, met at book readings and events and literary conventions, kind of like you meet people playing magic. You know, you meet at the big cons or you go out to see, you know, a handful of people. And um, that just – that community got built up for me, and I just kept – again, I wanted to improve it. I wanted to – help where I could. So I started publishing other people's writing and building websites and contributing to websites and just like it spiraled out, you know, and, um, and the writing has sustained and always will to me. That's the thing that I'm best at. And it's the thing that I, I don't know. It's the thing that I feel like when I do it, I feel most in touch with reality and whatever reality is, you know, like I just feel plugged in um and like transparent in a way like that's just i'm just part of the world the world's just flowing through me or whatever and um so i love that feeling and again it's it's a thing that i can constantly iterate on and um so yeah i just kept writing kept submitting stuff around getting it published and i just i I don't know i can't put it down it's like yeah it's just a it's a hard to quit the habit it's pretty good. You have a lot worse habits in life than writing down a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This I have learned both the hard way and through observation. So. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I, I've done like a fair share, fair share of writing like myself. Like I used to write a lot of poetry back in high school. Oh, sick. Just, yeah. I just like, I had like a way to just like cope with a lot of struggles that I was going through. 
Um, but yep. never like would write like full novels or short stories or anything, but just like you know, little poems here and there that like just like help you get through the day. And that writing, I think, definitely was yeah. therapeutic for me. And I think like mm-hmm. everyone needs like something like that to just get them through life because life is hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah, my God, it's incredibly hard. That's great. I mean, I I love poetry, and I love people who find begin to kind of construct their identity with poetry too. Like I, I just feel like it's a great way to do it, and it's 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 that like something Audre Lorde says is that like poetry is the most working. It's the most class conscious kind of working class form of writing. You can do it in between shifts. At the job, you can do it, you know, on a little lunch break. You can do it when you pilfer five minutes away from whatever you're told that you need to be doing, sitting in the classroom, whatever. And I, I love, I love poetry very deeply, and have written a, a little bit of it, and and I, I respect it immensely. I think, like, probably, if in my mind, if you really want, like, to get at the heart of humanity or whatever, read, read our poetry, and then you'll get a sense of what we got up to as a species the best um and you know plenty of other stuff but i think poetry really gets at the heart of things in my mind at least yeah definitely um (laughs) i think uh so have you done like so i know you do like a lot of coaching for both writing and cdh now um was that Mm -hmm. something that you've like always had a passion for like teaching as a kid or like, or is that something just recent that, that popped up? Yeah. So I, I've, yeah, I've enjoyed, I'd say teaching and like stoking other people's enthusiasm. Maybe that's like kind of the more precise thing. I really enjoy getting people excited about something that, you know, maybe they're, they've got some latent excitement about, or they're hesitant to really embrace it. And I'm, I've always been a person to be like, no, if this is what, if this is what you want to do, like do it, let's, let's figure it out. Let's, you know, let's, let's make it sustainable for you. And, um, and then, you know, that transferred over to when I was running a publishing company, cause I was the, I was the editor and owner. I kind of did everything. And I, so I worked with authors, you know, and I edited their, their manuscripts and published them. And, um, and so that, also became sort of in my mind it's it's very much like coaching you know you have it's a little bit more critical and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more i'd say um kind of end oriented or or task oriented but it still is working with somebody on something that they're not totally confident about and making them feel more confident about it and showing them demonstrating to them why you know doing x y or z will will make it better (laughs) and and then, you know, I, when I graduated from college, I taught high school for a little bit, six months and burnt out pretty standard. Um, but you know, I realized, okay, I'm not a classroom teacher, but then I started working at my alma mater as a one-on-one academic advisor person and really love that. I was like, okay, cool. Working individually with people love that. And so really it was only after my buddy, Nick asks, Hey, like, would you do some coaching? Like I'm preparing for, um, Silicon dynasty in January. And I want to like, 
I want to prepare really hard because I had encouraged him to. I was like, let's let's you know do it. Like if you want to take it seriously, take it seriously and show people why, and it'll be really fun to follow along. And he was like, okay, yeah, I'll book a coaching session with you. And I was like, oh, like okay, sure. Like I, I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not. I'm not reader Morgan, you know, I'm not, I haven't been in CDH forever. I haven't like, I don't have this long history of doing really well in tournament CDH, whatever, but I think I'm okay at it. And I think I, you know, my okayness at CDH plus my goodness as a one-on-one kind of teach teacher slash coach, I was like, okay, that's my, you know, the goodness of, of the one-on-one stuff can bridge the gap and I don't have to be the best CDH player. I just have to kind of know what I'm talking about and then I can be helpful. And, um, and then, yeah, like I've done it a few times and each time the person I'm working with is really happy and they feel, you know, they feel like, yeah, that was good. That was worth my time and money. And I've just started to do it. And I've done the, I've done this with writing and publishing for a long time, but just never kind of formally, just like, you know, just helping out friends and strangers who had questions. But now I'm like, well, you know, I, I like, I love paying, paying people for their time. I, you know, labor working class, I'm working class have been all my life. And, um, so I think it's really important to, to, you know, provide people the means of living by asking them to do some work. And so I'm like, all right, well, I don't feel so bad about asking to be paid and I work on a sliding scale because that's the only way I can kind of get away with it in my head. Cause I, I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. spending money on my, my dumb ass. Um, <laughs> and, and, and it's been, and again, the, it's just been so fun that I'm like, cool. Now I'm, I do want to do this and I'm not going to like make it a career. You know what I mean? It's can't, it's not going to, it's not going to give me health insurance, but, um, it is lots of fun and um, I've been really enjoying it. And it, it helps me feel even more kind of involved with the CDH community and even more like I'm helping, I'm pu- pushing some balls up the hill, you know, like pushing some boulders up the hill. So um, yeah, I like it a lot. It's fun. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I think my favorite teachers growing up were always the ones who would like get me excited about a subject that even if I wasn't like good at that subject or like didn't think I'd like it, those are the best teachers for sure is the ones yeah. that can just get you excited about it or just those who can like articulate their thoughts in ways that yeah. like, textbook can't. Yep. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I've like definitely gotten that from like talking to you is, is you're very good at, at articulating your thoughts. And like, I feel like I learned so Thank much you. just by talking to you and like hearing you talk about just like CDH things, you know? Thank you. That's very kind. That's, that's an honor to hear. I mean, I take, I take communication very, like writing and communicating very seriously. And I think language is like, to me, it's the only bridge I'm good at building. Yeah. And so to know that it's working and the bridge is holding up, people are crossing it. I'm like, cool, this is good. I'm, I'm excited. So I really appreciate that. That's very sweet. That's very nice. Thank you. I guess it's skills you've been building up though for, from acting too. Like you gotta be gonna communicate for acting. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And yeah. And just like, I don't know. I'm, I, for various reasons, I have grown up, uh, good reasons and bad reasons. I've grown up kind of learning how to set other people at ease and, mm-hmm. and like take care of other people and make sure everybody's all right. And, you know, and like that is just sort of what I'm, 
trained to do, and that's kind of what my bearing is in life. And so coaching also sort of is like that, you know, because it is it's yeah. very much just about convincing somebody that you're not crazy. I totally see and understand what, what you're thinking and why you're thinking it. And don't worry. Like at the end of the day, don't worry. You're going to be okay. Those three messages are like 99 or not 99, but at least 90% in my experience of like what advising, coaching, teaching is. It's just convincing somebody like, I see you, I appreciate you and respect you, and you're going to be okay. And magic coaching is just that. But then we talk about like miscast or dispel for, for an hour <laughs> or two. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a very important thing that I'm sure we all need in life is just someone to tell us it's going to be okay. Like you're on the right track. Like, yeah. I think, yeah, I think everyone, everyone could benefit from just having someone in their life that like, is that, you know, confidence booster that like sanity check. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, I really like the relationship, um, between like an advisor or coach and the person they're working with, because it's not a clinical relationship, right? I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't have clinical certification in those fields, but that also means that I don't really have, I don't have any kind of pre-existing agenda other than, Hey, I want to, I just want you to tell me what would be helpful and I'm going to try to help. That's it. And I'm, I don't, I'm not going to morally judge you. It's not interesting to me. I'm not going to uh, condemn stuff. It's not interesting to me. I just want you to say, hey, I really want some help with X. And then I'll help with X. And at the end of it, I'll be like, was that helpful? And if the answer is yes, congratulations. Like, I feel like I've done my job. And, and I don't think that adults, particularly adults in good old 2022 and capitalist hellscape USA have, right? Like not everybody can afford a therapist. So mental health treatment is hard to find and expensive and whatever. And so this isn't that, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not a professional in mental health, but I can at least provide some of the therapeutic functions of therapy in a non-traditional and informal way of just being like, I see you, you're great. Thumbs up, no judgment what are you thinking and what do you want to work on? Um, so yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, it's great. And I, I wish I had somebody like that um, about a decade ago. I think I would have been, it would have been really nice to have yeah. like a kind of coach for a couple things. And so I don't know. It feels, it feels okay. It feels like ethical work that I can, I can go to sleep and not worry about like, Oh God, did I make the world worse? And <laughs> like, okay, no, it's, it's fine. You helped some people today in a tangible way and they were honest about it and cool. You know, you go to sleep, yep. do it again tomorrow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I kind of want to get into coaching or like to do you know, something like that, but I'm just always like, God, what if I'm too stupid? Like, do I know anything? No, it's not. I mean, that's a, I don't, I don't think, I think that if you have any curiosity in it whatsoever, you should try it because mm -hmm. it's, you know, if, if you just, there are just, in my experience, again, working with people individually in a couple different contexts, if there are just a few things that you can't do, right? Don't make them feel ashamed. Don't make them feel judged. Really. That's one. Don't 
say things without providing reasons. That's two. And that's just sort yeah. of simple rationality, right? And three is um, just leave it better than you found it. You know, like leave the situation better than you found it and leave the person in front of you better than you found them. And those three things are actually pretty easy. If you're a thoughtful person, it's not hard to do those three things, I think. Yeah. You just, you know, if you've got your blood sugar up and you've drank a glass of water and, you know, you're not stressed, you can do that pretty easily. And so I don't think you have to be some mega brain genius, baby genius type person. Like, it's not about that, really. Because, again, you don't need to know that much information in order to make somebody feel seen respected and like they're going to be okay yeah and 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 cdh is not that it's not that big or complicated it's like two thousand cards that's not that many cards you know what i mean we can memorize plenty of stuff two (laughs) thousand is not that big of a deal so it's like two thousand cards and like four play patterns okay it's crazy um but you know so like i don't i don't think that you need to worry about that i think if you want to try it try it out and then ask the people you work with and be like hey what was helpful what what do you wish had gone differently what could i do to improve and you'll be good i'm sure yeah i mean try it out has kind of been just my entire life it's just like just like why not try this thing like worst case scenario i'll just like not do it next week or now exactly yes exactly stakes are stakes with you know when the stakes are low it's kind of the best time to just shoot for the moon you know exactly yeah and no and if you're around people who you know aren't going to be judgmental that's that's an important thing too it's like okay cool if i fail i'll be the only person who feels bad about it because everybody else will just be like oh it's all right get back up you know like it's it's cool it's fine so yeah i think yeah low stakes environments that adults can take seriously are also really sick and goaded and cool and based um because it's not like oh if i don't take this seriously i'll get fired and then get you know kicked out of my apartment but instead it's like cool i can take this seriously but at the end of the day if i mess up that's fine just game you know and that's i I love that that's that's a good backstop you know I love that about magic. You should be like, hey, there's this cool commander that I just have this wild idea for. And you just play it and you're like, wait, this just doesn't work. And this is not a functional deck at all. <laughs> you just like, and, and, like you know, it uh-huh. sucks you have to scrap it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just like move on and like, maybe like you, you know, figure out like, hey, but like this one other interaction in your deck is like really cool. So you can like yeah. tinker with that. And like, you can just like, like a learning, like learning little bits from your your failures is something that I've yeah a great teacher that Matt does for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. There's no there's no experiment that is meaningless. Every experiment tells you something. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's probably not the thing that you were looking for to start, but it tells you something. <laughs> and and yeah, like the only way to really enjoy that process is just by experimenting a lot, and then you're fine. Yeah. Eventually, you throw enough darts at the dartboard, one's going to hit a bullseye. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'm all, I'm all for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you would like to like talk about or like plug yourself or? Oh, oh God, I'm not very good at that. But um, 
I would just I would just say, um, yeah. If you're curious about me, I have a website. It's just my name and then .com, KenBauman.com. It's got info about my writing, my magic, nerdery, coaching, my pat, my you know acting career, political organizing, just all the little pots I've dipped my fingers into through the years. Um, and and yeah, you can read some of my writing there too. And um, and if you're a magic player, particularly if you're a CDH player, and if you want to talk um, kind of in a formal, structured way, and improve a deck, or prepare for a tournament, or talk about how to improve just generally as a player of CDH, a multiplayer social game with only one winner each pod, um, then hit me up. Hit me up and say a price that sounds fair. It can be anywhere. You know, I've had folks pay me five dollars. I've had folks pay me fifty. It doesn't. To me, the money is secondary to the point, which is just helping you. So, if that's which sounds fun and that seems like a good use of your money, hit me up and we'll get into it and we'll have some fun and hopefully learn some stuff together. And just, I just want to thank you for having me and particularly for the inaugural conversation. I'm, I'm very honored by that. I don't think I quite deserve it, but I'm into it <laughs> and I'm appreciate it. I'm into it and I appreciate it. Oh, that's kind. And, um, and know that, you know, I hope to hang out with you more in person and play some more games too. Oh yeah. Maybe draft another cube or go nuts. I don't know. So Silicon <laughs> Dynasty, et cetera, Dynasty, yeah. et cetera. It'd be cool to hang out in person. Absolutely. Well, have a great day, Ken. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Glad to help.